Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast, connecting you to the leading minds in home improvement to discuss all things marketing and leadership. And now, your host, Kyle Powers. Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Powers. I have another wonderful woman that I am featuring from our industry on this podcast today. She is going to be sharing some absolute gold on how she has structured TV to be highly profitable for her business and a very low cost of marketing. She's also going to share her overall philosophies in lead generation, in leadership that's allowed her to grow her company from herself almost 10 years ago to now a very well-established, well-operated company that has a great brand in her marketplace. I'd like to welcome to the show, Abby Binder. Hello, Abby. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well, and how are you today? Great. Awesome. Yeah, right. Uh, Really excited to have you on the show today, and uh, as one of the ladies, you know, that I'm featuring over the next few months here, uh, you know, really great women in our industry and the things that they're doing, but really your story and the rise of your business, uh, which started out as Abbey Windows, correct? Correct. Uh, but now is full service exterior remodeling, correct? That's true. Awesome. Um, and so really talking about the rise you know, of your business, some of your philosophies when it comes to marketing and leadership. Uh, but before we really get into that, could you give the listeners you know, a few minute background on kind of who you are and you know, how you kind of came through the industry to owning your own business? Yeah, absolutely. So when I started out, my degree is actually to be a gym teacher. And I went to Ripon College, small liberal arts school in Wisconsin. And there weren't any jobs to even really apply for to be a gym teacher. So I started working for my stepdad who owned a window company. And I worked for him for about three to four years. I wanted to take the company to the next level, start selling higher end quality products. Triple pane is a big thing for me. And he just kind of wanted to be a a turn and burn and um, sell more quantity over quality. Essentially, he dared me to start my own company. So uh, 11 years ago, 2010, during the middle of the recession, I just put all my chips in and said, let's do this. So I started my own company and it's just, I, you know, I started in my, in my living room and just was, had the philosophy of, I'm going to refuse to fail. And that's kind of where it all began. And I started out with my brother-in-law who did all my measure and installs and then started using uh, the installed sales solutions with with the Allside program. So I had opportunity to grow that way. But it, it all started out pretty organically. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a pretty good dare, huh? Yeah, it's the best dare I ever took. <laughs> absolutely. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, and so, you know, let's talk about that growth uh, primarily more on the marketing um, side of things. So you started with your brother and then the install program from all sides. So did you start with just Windows? That's all you offered at that time? I did Windows and Doors uh, initially for the first six, eight months. And then I was introduced to a roofing guy, a gutter guy, siding guy. And then I, I just kind of added the products as I had the back end figured out. I didn't want to start with the front end and then not have the back end. That was something I was not going to set myself up for as I was the one wearing all the hats. So once I had installers in place, then I could slowly start marketing those, those added um, exterior products. 
So that's the, the, in the middle of the recession, that was when they had the $1,500 tax credit available. Yep. And that is what I hammered as my marketing strategy is get the $1,500 tax credit when you spend $5,000. So when I first started those the first three or four months of, of my business, I really grew just even in three or four months, just by being able to get people to use that, that uh, tax credit, even though a lot of people weren't buying any products at the time. Yeah. And I mean, good use of, you know, the tools and things around you to help better your business. I, I think that's one thing as, you know, an owner or manager in this business, you know, to really be keen on what's going on in the marketplace, because there's a lot of different things, you know, that can help you out. I mean, just for instance, solar right now, you know, across the country, different states have different, you know, programs. Some are very advantageous still for, uh, you know, the homeowner to move forward with it and some aren't. And if you're not touting that in your you know, it's essentially free money to, you know, the homeowner, um, you know, shame on you, definitely looking into there. So when you were putting that message out, what were some of the early marketing sources that you were using? How were you getting that message across to potential homeowners? Well, I didn't have a huge slew of investors and Abby Windows started off as a debt-free company. And we, to this day, have always maintained that philosophy of being a debt-free company. So I didn't want to to overspend, and so it was kind of a, a slower growth for us compared to somebody that wants to grow really quickly and spend a lot of money and, and hope you get that return. I'm a little bit more conservative in my approach, and so I started off with I would I t- did like print advertising at the time, and this was 2010, and I did like small newspapers. I did our our local newspaper, which is the Milwaukee Journal. Tried that. And I didn't really have a lot of success with it, which I kind of got away from all print advertising then within a year. It was kind of when print advertising was on the brink of, of dying. And so I started doing home shows and home shows was they were cheap and they were the, the way that I could get 50 to 100 leads in a weekend. And I, I just really hammered the home shows and got my leads that way. And as I started getting those people to, to believe in me and do a good job for them, then I started building up a referral base as well. So I did that for the first year, uh, two, year or two, was, uh, to 2012. And then I had a guy call me, former Marine, uh, was working for a TV station. And he, you, you get all these calls all the time. And, you know, no, I'm not interested. No, I'm not interested. And he got my attention when he said, I can get you on TV for $1,000 a month. And I was like, TV's way too expensive. I can't afford it. And when he said that, I was like, prove it. So he literally, you know, dangled the carrot and I recorded a commercial. They, they did all the production included in that. And he gave me a ton of bonus spots. It, w- it wasn't an election year at the time because election years can really be problematic for trying to run TV spots. So he just gave me a ton of free spots and believed in me and I believed in in them and I started getting facial recognition around town. People started saying, hey, you know, I've seen you on TV. You're that window girl. And then 2013 came around. My the uh, competitor of mine was wanting to retire. And he kind of knew of me because we bought from the same supply center. He basically asked me to buy his business because he didn't have any kids that wanted to to buy it off of him or, or inherit it. So I acquired his his company. And with that, I got a radio show, his siding installer, his line of windows, exclusive line of windows, 
and his entire customer list, referral base, everything he grew for 30 years. And I merged that with Abbey Windows. So once I did that, that's kind of when our growth started to take off. And what year was that about? Actually. That was 2013. 2013, awesome. And uh, yeah, on the you know I was unaware of that before going into the call that you had bought that um, you know competitor out, and I think that would definitely warrant a second visit to the podcast with you along with Tony, uh, as you know Tony's had success in his marketplace with doing the same thing. You know, longstanding uh, you know smaller competitors in the marketplace that can bring great value and how to structure those deals. So, um, so that's awesome that you were able to do that. Uh, and so the TV, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Um, you really lucked into a, I mean, amazing deal because most uh, TV stations, I mean, really any advertising, they're not really ready to show you what they can do for little to no cost. They want you to spend big money. And then, you know, if it does work out, great. If it doesn't, well, you spent the money, right? Um, so that that's kind of the a really good deal to get you going in, in TV. How was it at first, you know, with that spend? It was, it actually worked out really well from the beginning. I got calls right away. It was one of those things where they had a strategy in place. And I think when you go on TV, you have to go into it with somebody that knows what they're doing and has a strategy ready for you. And these guys did. And so the one thing that we did was we did 15 second spots instead of 30 or a minute, you know, 60 second spots. So you got more bang for your buck, more exposure. And we did something called bookends. So we'd run in the beginning of the commercial set and then we'd run the, the other 15 seconds right at the end. So it seemed like I was on all the time and people would be like, God, you're on all the time. And really I was only running these 15 second spots, which really looked like two times the exposure instead of one 30 second spot. The other thing we did is we came up with a strategy of the frequency of when to run. So we ran two weeks out of the month and we ran Mondays and Tuesdays only. So that's kind of how I started my campaign. And on, then was that on one station or was it on multiple one stations? One station. Perfect. Started off with just one station and I just ran that. At the time, I was doing all the sales myself, so I couldn't handle any more leads. I was getting to the point where I had to, to you know, after after acquiring that and acquiring the radio show and doing all the home shows, I couldn't physically... I don't know how I still look back and I don't know how I did it all myself, but yeah. So how many I, years was that just you as the salesperson from startup to when you were finally like, I have to hire somebody five years. I did it without any, any help. And, and uh, uh, what, if you don't mind sharing in those five years, what was maybe your best year uh, for overall sales wise uh, to kind of give an idea? Cause I know a lot of, uh, people that I see, one of the first things they want to do is like replace themselves in sales uh, so they can work on other things, uh, you know, and get out of the field. And um, just wondering, you know, what you were able to take that to before you were like, hey, I have to hire somebody else. Right around $2 million. So, yeah, that's that's really good because a lot of times I hear about a million dollars or so and that's when they, you know, are running around like chicken with their head cut off trying to do everything else on top of sales. So that that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, the nice advantage I had is that the window manufacturer provided the measure and the install. So I kind of had source outsourced that whole service, install scheduling, installers, all that out to them. So it, it allowed me to just focus on sales. Yep. But then when their system started to crumble, then I had to get more involved. And then that's when I was like, I need to add 
a person to help. So I added a uh, 2015, I added my first sales rep and he just couldn't do it like I could. And I did not have a, a step selling system because I was always like a maverick and did it my way. And I, it worked for me. I closed about 60% of my leads doing it just off of who I am and, and being the owner. And, and I still had really good margins. It's just, you can't replicate that. So I, I kind of set him up for, for some failure and I realized that I, I made it about another year then back to selling by myself until I went all in again with, I want to grow. I can't do it all. I have to admit that I can't control everything and I need help. And that was uh, the end of 2016 when I realized that. And, and kind of change your business since then, which I, I certainly want to get into in a minute. But I do want to touch base back uh, to the TV stuff because you were really explaining uh, a point that I've said over and over again. And I've been on some other podcasts where they ask, you know, how can the little companies compete against, you know, the giants, the the really big guys that have the unlimited budgets and all that kind of stuff. And it's really uh, owning the area where you're at. So when you were saying that you only ran these days, you only ran half the month, the one station, you know, you cut up your commercials shorter. So it looked like you were on all the time. So the people that were around that area, that station that watched on those days, they really felt like you were the big person, right? That you were this big company that's around all the time. Absolutely. They had no clue that I was a one, a one man band, so to speak. And that I was working out of my house until 2019. They had absolutely no idea because perception is reality. And so when people see you on TV, they think you're, you know, kind of a mini celebrity. And I had never even went on another, another station yet. I mean, there's so much power in TV that you don't even realize that exposure that you can get, but you have to be smart with your dollars. And so the one thing that I went to a lead gen um, conference that pro remodeling magazine put on and it, this woman from New South, I don't know if you're familiar with New South Windows, they just recently got acquired, but she, Amy Ron, she was actually originally one of the um, old champion people. And then they, her and her husband started New South and she was speaking and she gave, she was one of those speakers that when you hear them speak, you actually get information from them instead of somebody just saying, Hey, you should run some TV ads. Well, great. That doesn't do anything for me. You need to give me some, some tips. So the one tip she gave me that saved me thousands of dollars that I'm going to pass on is that when you're, when you're running TV ads and you're getting the TV sales reps to give you pricing, you wait till they give you your pricing and then you ask for your net. And what that means is even if you're not using a marketing firm, you can still, as your, you, you as your own owner of your company are considered your own marketing firm. So you guys ask for the net and they give you 15% right up. They have to give you 15% right off the top of the gross pricing of the, of the commercial ad spots. So you automatically will save 15% right there by doing that. So I saved thousands of dollars by using that advice and it worked really well for me. Um, the second thing that she, she also mentioned running only a couple times, a couple weeks during the month, as well as bookend spots. There's actually a, a name for what they call that that philosophy that I'm just not familiar with that terminology of what they call it, but they, there is a, a name in the industry that they, they'll know what that means. If you say, I want to run Mondays and Tuesdays seem to be the, the most effective days. And, and that's when people seem to be more at home. Well, COVID's kind of changed that, but people have been at home more Mondays and Tuesdays, their week doesn't get away from them. You yep, know, I still kids, agree with that statement, even through COVID here. Yeah. Kids don't have as many like games 
athletics and stuff on Mondays and Tuesdays. So that tends to be um, a good day to run. And then the other thing you need to consider is what, what markets are you going after? What are you as a business? And then figure out what your clientele is. So Abbey Windows and Exteriors, we're a higher, higher end dealer. We're going to sell all high end products. We're the triple pane company. So we're going to advertise in markets where we think that people are going to, to see the ads because those are the people we want. So are we going to necessarily run at one o'clock in the afternoon? Probably not. We're going to run right when people are getting home from work, people that, that, that have jobs, that have that money to spend, that five o'clock news, that 5.30 or six o'clock news is when we're running. We run during Ellen. So it gets a little bit, a little bit cheaper than the news, but it's people start putting the TV on. Uh, we also run morning news spots, Good Morning America, and then we just kind of shut it off for the middle of the day. That that middle of the day crowd is not, you know, really what we want to focus on. And so you've been running TV pretty continuously since you started, correct? I have, yes. And and so since once I started growing my sales team, I'm kind of the you know get not not ever going to put the the cart before the horse. So once I had the, the team in place. I started building up and adding more channels. So now we're on three stations and we run, you know, more frequently and we run more frequently during the week and we run more frequently um, with our spots during the day as well. So more spots, more stations, and then we just are kind of, you know, building the business and growing that way. I can say this year, especially with COVID last year, TV has been our best lead source by far. Which is not something I hear often. So that's that's really cool that you figured out kind of that mixture uh, and how to make that work. And as I was talking to you on the pre-call, you know, the branding you've done, I personally haven't seen your commercial yet. I'm not in your marketplace, uh, you know, excited to, to work with you a little bit and see some of that stuff. But from people I have talked to that know your commercials, you know, they, they say there's a tagline in there that, uh, you know, I know a girl. Um, and is that something that you brand throughout your business? It is. I was actually sitting at the radio station waiting to record a radio commercial, and I had an idea for uh, the commercial. I used to always, my tagline used to be, I'm Abby, and I put my name on every job. And it was one of those things where, okay, great. You know, it sounds kind of like everything else, affordable, efficient, reliable. And I thought, I'm going to do something, something totally different. And I, it was like the Seth Godin, you know, purple cow thing. And I was like, when somebody asks you if you know a guy in the business, you can say no, but I know a girl. And that, that one commercial took off so much that people started saying, Hey, I know a girl, I know a girl that now it became like the, the, the feedback actually made that the tagline. I didn't make it the tagline customers kind of did. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's awesome when things organically take off like that. And real quick, you had mentioned uh, a great book called uh, "The Purple Cow." Uh, excuse me, "The Purple Cow." Uh, and so, uh, for marketers that maybe listen to this, owners, it's it's really talking about thinking outside the box and how to be different, right? In a blue ocean of marketing, how to be the purple cow. Uh, and so, I think that's something you've done very well. Uh, in just a little bit that I've got to know you and talk to you, uh, I really see things like, you know, kind of slow and steady and consistent growth and thought um, that you really go into this with with a plan. You're not the company that just like, okay, we're going to grow and, you know, does all these things and, you know, hope it works out. You're, you're very specific at what you do. Uh, and you've, 
done it a little backwards than most companies. Most companies don't start out with TV. They start out with things like, you know, maybe a few callers uh, or some canvassers and, you know, home shows, of course, shows and events, things like that. Uh, but then, you know, other uh, avenues to, to work those leads and to go out and get there because it can be extremely cost effective. Uh, whereas you're kind of back ending that and, you know, starting to look all, you know, at all that stuff now. Um, can you talk a little bit about maybe your marketing philosophy when it came to all that, you know, when you, from when you started to maybe, you know, how it's changed and what it is now? Absolutely. So I think the reason why I started off the backwards way is because I came from never having coworkers and never having employees. And I would hear the horror stories of running a canvassing department. And honestly, I just didn't have the energy and the time to deal with, with having employees and having to manage that. So I wanted to keep going and, and being able to control what I could control and doing TV and radio was one of those things where you can kind of run your, you know, do your commercial, record your commercial, and then you just come up with the marketing strategy and sit back and watch, watch it roll where canvassing, I didn't have the, the brain power and the energy to be able to sell all day and then have be, to check in with these canvassers saying, how many did, leads did you get? How many appointments did you set? Why, why are you sitting on the curb for an hour? all those things that I'd hear about from other people and the permits and all that stuff. I just, it's a beast that I still have yet to tackle even 11 years in because call centers and canvassing, I know they can be really effective. It's just, it is a huge amount of effort and and strategy has to be done and prepped correctly. And I'm not just gonna, you know, just jump into it without being ready for that. And so I, I know it's coming down the line as, now, you know, COVID is going to start to kind of smooth out and you're going to have to fight harder for those leads again. So it is definitely on my radar. It's just that I have to build up the the energy to be in the manpower to be able to find the, the um, you know, that help that, you know, even the sh- labor shortage, it's, it's even slimmer pickings right now. So that's kind of why I did it the other way, because I could kind of control it as a, a one person show than having to deal with all that HR headaches. Absolutely. And um, when it kind of comes overall, when it comes to marketing and lead gen, if you could maybe sum it up, what your thought and philosophy, uh, you know, overall for your business is, what might that be? I'm really big. Whenever I do anything, I, I tell the sales rep or whoever I'm talking to right up front, it all comes down to cost per lead for me. So whatever strategy they come up with for me, I I tell them right out, you're going to have to give me bonus spots if I'm not hitting this number every month. And I think that that's a good marketing, you know, percentage of of how we have to to run is how much money is this marketing spend going to cost, but also that, you know, per lead is, is important. And that's, that's my philosophy at how I look at everything is that when I say, like, I just had a meeting the other day with a new station and I said, this is what I expect to spend to spend, this is how many leads I expect to get. And they were kind of looking at each other like, well, I guess we're gonna have to give you a lot of bonus spots then. And I'm like, well, if you want to maintain my business, I guess so, right? <laughs> then you're going to have to. So that's kind of how I go into it. And then they know up front what my expectation is. I'm a very transparent person with everything that I do. I, what you see is what you get with me. I don't ever sugarcoat anything. I don't ever, you know, beat around the bush. I just am direct. And so I think having that approach with whoever is doing the marketing strategies, it's important because then they know how to perform for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Some of the best uh, marketing managers that I know across the country, um, 
they have those similar tough conversations with their, uh, you know, resources that they're using. I mean, doesn't have to be TV, radio, print, you know, billboards, absolutely anything. I mean, even having that talk, if you are doing canvas or the canvas manager and things like that of here's the metric we need to hit. And if it's not being hit, we need to figure out how to get to there, whatever that might be, extra ads, extra spots. Um, do you do any pay for performance type stuff? I, you know, I have never really looked into that, but I definitely would be open to trying it if that opportunity arose. Yeah, and that's uh, something that I have started to see a little bit more in our industry uh, is been able to work those kind of deals out with a lot of different stuff. Whereas, you know, for example, print, you said didn't really work out with you. Well, if you can get it on a paper performance side of thing, you know, what's the harm, right? Because um, you're only paying for it if it works. I know there's some other lead gen uh, scenarios that are coming down uh where they're starting, you know, like the home advisors, but they're starting to charge a paper for performance model, not home advisors, not doing that. I want to make that clear that I know of anyways, but uh, there's some other things starting to pop up, which might be pretty advantageous for a lot of people. So again, if your owner, marketing manager, anything like that, make sure you're really staying in tune with the industry and what's available to you. Uh, and I know one thing, Abby, uh, with you is for years and years and years, I've seen you around at all the conferences. Um, how many conferences do you think you attend a year? Probably four or five. Yeah. And that's pretty much every year. Cause I was going to say most of the ones I went to, I, I pretty much always saw you there and that, you know, we've talked about another podcast is, you know, just knowing what's available in the trends and what's working, what's not working, not necessarily that you have to follow exactly in someone's shoes, but as I call it, standing on the shoulder of giants, if someone's already figured it out, you can always take it for yourself, right? And make it a little better to fit your business. Um, and so I'm excited to continue to see the growth, uh, that you are going to have, um, you know, with your business, how many salespeople do you have now? Seven. So you're up to, to seven salespeople, and I'm sure that's going to continue to grow, especially as you start adding some of these additional marketing sources uh, that you've been research, uh, researching and getting into. Um, we're kind of getting to that spot in the show, uh, coming up to the last segment here, Power's Powerful Point. Uh, what powerful point might you have for the listeners today? I think the biggest thing is, is, to find that, like we talked about that purple cow, find that differentiation, do something catchy that people are going to remember, whether we have a jingle that we, we play every single time, whether it's radio, TV, we are consistent with that, consistent with our I know a girl tagline, anything we do, it always says I know a girl, all of our trucks are labeled with that, and I think that if you're consistent, and you are catchy, and you have that differentiation, I don't want to run a TV spot that says, you know, you can get a $50 gift card and then free installation and free this and do that. And I, I'm the one that goes against the grain and says, come on, let's be, let's be real. Everybody knows that's not real. Everybody knows that nothing's free. So that's kind of how I differentiate and step, step away from the crowd. Don't be afraid to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely a great point. And especially if you're trying to compete against the big guys, because that's what most of the big guys are doing, right? They're saying that type of stuff that you're going against the grain. So how do you, how do you stick in someone's head? I always thought it was pretty interesting when, you know, the call center would get a call in saying, Hey, I saw your TV spot. And it's like, we've never run TV or we haven't run TV in forever. Uh, and I think what happens a lot of time is that white noise, right? It's just, it's the same message that all these people are putting out there. The 
buy two, get, you know, 10 free, you know, all those different, you know, ploys like that. I think when you definitely go against the grain and say the opposite, it, it's kind of some breakthrough and the people hear that. Absolutely. I, I can't stand that, you know, the fake, the fake ads and the, I, like I said, we, we, we push triple pain and I know our competitors don't. And I have no problem standing up and saying, there's a reason why we sell triple pain and we'll explain all of them and do your, you know, do the math, be educated, you know, educate yourself. You'll see why we, we continue to do that. And we have to stick with our philosophies and stick with our core values. And at the end of the day, I can sleep, you know, my head on my pillow at night and not have to worry about it and not feel guilty for ever taking somebody or trying to sell them something that isn't correct. Right on. That's awesome. Good for you on that. Uh, well, thank you so much uh, for being on the show today. Again, look forward to probably having you on the show again to talk a little bit, uh, some different things that you, you've brought up here. Um, and hey, for the listeners, if you get out to the industry events and conferences, certainly look for, for Abby and, and have a conversation. Um, and uh, with that, you have a wonderful day, Abby. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. For a free consultation, on how Tony Hody Training and Consulting can assist with your home remodeling business, please visit TonyHody.com. That's T-O-N-Y-H-O-T-Y.com. Thank you for listening.